well, it's a great pleasure to welcome you to this this interview with with uh, Josef Vogel, um, and thank you so much for you know taking time out of your schedule to discuss your work with me today. Um, Josef Vogel is a professor of literature, culture, and media at Humboldt Universität in in Berlin, and also a permanent visiting professor in the Department of German at Princeton University. Uh, my name is Anders Ingberg Peterson, and I'm a professor of literature and culture at the University of Southern Denmark. And I run the research project, um, The Aesthetics of Late Modern War. Now, yesterday we hosted a seminar called War and Philosophy. Uh, this seminar is part of an ongoing series of seminars, uh, the war seminars, held annually at the War Museum in Copenhagen. And each year we invite um, internationally renowned researchers working on war and violence to discuss questions such as what is the future of war? How can we conceptualize the changing character of war? Um, and which insights from the humanities can we bring to bear on the topic of, of warfare? What is the role of aesthetics? What is the role of philosophy? What is the role of media theory in thinking through contemporary warfare? Now, in this year's seminar, One Philosophy, um, you participated alongside uh, Vivian Japri from King's College, Christopher Coker from LSE, and Elaine Scarry from Harvard University. Um, your talk was titled The Age of Amok. Um, probably, uh, I, I think, most listeners have, have heard of the term amok, uh, but at the same time, it's not really a household term. Um, and yet it has quite a long history um, and also a, a wide presence in contemporary society. Um, so could you tell us a bit more about this phenomenon? What, what is amok um, and in, in what way are we today living in an age of amok, as mm. your title um, suggests? I think it's important to know that uh, Amok uh, is a Malay word, uh, which means something like rage and frenzy. And uh, this word uh, leads us back to uh, a history of early modernity, uh, early modern period in Southeast Asia. And uh, you could say that Amok is a certain product of uh, uh, contact between um, uh, indigenous people on the one hand side and colonial powers on the other uh -huh. and um, and it began to circulate in the 16th century uh, um, and there are a lot of reports by uh, colonialists officers uh, uh, voyages uh, uh, voyages etc uh, who um, uh, describe uh, Amok as something uh, which was uh, a certain uh, warrior tactic, a mil military tactic. Right. Right. And uh, this military tactic uh, was um, reserved for elite uh, warriors uh, who, uh, in a sort of frenzy, attack the enemy uh, without regard uh, of their own lives. Right. And um, important, uh, so is uh, first, uh, it's a far away phenomenon uh, in Southeast Asia, in Malaya, in uh, Java, in uh, the uh, archipelago, uh, archipelago. And um, uh, on the other hand, uh, it was a very clear defined uh, military uh, tactic, uh, which uh, also um, caused a lot of um, victim casualties uh, right. among uh, European uh, soldiers. But, but so it was very clearly defined within a military context. Yeah, within a military setting. context, yeah. uh, etc. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but then that seems to change when, when we look uh, mm. to, to the European context. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting that um, uh, it changed already in Southeast Asia, uh, I think under the domination of the uh, colonial powers, uh, uh, at latest in uh, the 19th century, uh, it became 
a sort of uh, individual disease uh, and ah. um, uh, medical doctors, um, observers, um, whatever, anthropologists um, um, observed something um, which was very similar to what was uh, history in uh, Occidental countries, in Europe, for ah, example. Yeah. And there, um, Amok had a very precise uh, protocol. Uh, it began with a kind of breeding, uh, um, and uh, then these people, mostly men, uh, mostly men between 20 and uh, 40, um, uh, had an experience like um, seeing red, yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, re, uh, seeing red, and then they took um, whatever weapon. Uh, it was uh, mostly a knife, mm -hmm. uh, and then there was a sort of indiscriminate slaughter. Right. And afterwards, when it, they were not killed, uh, they uh, fell into amnesia. Ah, yeah. uh, and this was also very, um, uh, a very clear defined protocol which was described by psychiatrists uh, for example and uh, now uh, the so-called ethnopsychiatry uh, psychiatry was interested in this phenomenon and um, compared it to other phenomena uh, for example like uh, going berserk uh, mm -hmm. in uh, uh, northern Nordic countries uh, yeah. yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. But then if, if we look at the, the 20th century mm. and, and what you call the, the age of, of, of Amok, mm. um, well, what, what is uh, the, the influence of this sort of old exotic mm. Malay culture in, in uh, pre well, contemporary mm. Western societies? How, how is that connection mm. made? This was an interesting merger in, mm. a, uh, in a certain way. Um, um, uh, I referred to a case, uh, Charles Whitman, uh, 1968, uh, um, uh, the madman in the tower who killed right. uh, from the tower in, Texas, uh, right? in yeah. Austin, Texas, yeah. uh, from the uni university uh, tower, um, 13 uh, people and shot a lot of uh, others before he himself was shot. And uh, because uh, it was very difficult to uh, uh, define reasons, motives, mobiles, uh, uh, causalities, etc. Uh, um, uh, there's were some publications, especially in uh, psychiatric um, journals uh, who linked um, uh, the uh, protocol of this attack, of this uh, mass murder mm -hmm. to uh, Malayan um, um, Amok. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, for me, the interesting point is that um, with this uh, uh, merger, uh, um, this attack became something exotic. Mm -hmm. uh, and at the same time, it was a manifest of uh, warlike action in the midst of a civil society, right. uh, in the midst of occidental peace. Right. So mm -hmm. we're in a sense moving from from a, a military setting into a civilian setting, exactly. but 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 where there is a, a kind of uh, revelation, perhaps also mm -hmm. of uh, a kind of a hidden hidden war going on. Yeah. Uh, what, how how can we? Um, I mean, can can you talk about the sort of the the lone shooter today? Mm -hmm as a kind of um, revelatory figure or diagnostic mm. figure for a certain way that society is, is constructed. Mm. Um, so first, it's, uh, I think, important to uh, recognize that uh, mostly you do not have access to interesting uh, 
uh, motives which really could explain deeds like that. Yes. Um, yeah. um, and there are some uh, different um, concepts uh, um, applied to um, these events, psychopathy, sociopathy, uh, um, uh, losing control, um, explosive disorder, etc. But this is like tautology. No? This uh, only uh, reproduces what we can see. Mm -hmm. So the uh, causal um, chains uh, are very weak. No? Right. So uh, I would prefer not to... Uh, 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 look f um, uh, not to search for um, interpretations, but on the other hand, uh, to ask in which way these attacks are themselves interpretations. What do they show? Uh, what mm. do they explain themselves? And uh, it's um, interesting that uh, all the commentaries and self-commentaries, commentaries by people who made case studies and commentaries by the perpetrators themselves right. uh, have a very uh, interesting uh, um, um, display of explanations, um, mostly linked to disorders of society, mm -hmm. uh, crisis of society, crisis of socialization, crisis of uh, 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 toxic uh, middle-class milieus, etc. Right. Um, and so uh, I... Uh, I had the idea to um, take the concept of diagnostic um, uh, crimes for these cases who cannot explain by us, but who have a certain potential or energy of explaining themselves. Oh, right. mm. Okay. Mm. Um, now, in, in sort of uh, approaching uh, these, these phenomena, um, you, you mentioned how um, there's a very close connection between uh, texts and deeds. Um, because especially in, in, in the Columbine case that, that you've studied, mm. uh, there's this enormous corpus mm. of, of, of text. And, uh, well, you're a literary scholar by training, so, of course, this is uh, sort of gefundenes fressen for, <laughs> for someone of, of, of uh, well, your, your background. Mm. Um, so um, can you say a bit more about what, what, what the meaning is of, the, of, of, of these texts and how, uh, how one should approach this uh, sort of strange relationship, inexplicable relationship mm. between moving from... From, from text to, to actions and, and what the status of the text mm. is, uh, because it, it seems to be very uh, particular to this type of, 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 of violence, the, the enormous textual production that sort of precedes uh, the action and that is then taken up and becomes a kind of forensic document mm. afterwards. Mm. So uh, I think uh, um, uh, we must uh, consider first that these texts um, uh, change completely the meaning uh, with uh, the additional act of the crime. Mm -hmm. um, um, up to this moment, these were journals, uh, entries, um, 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 stuff of adolescence, uh, which is sometimes silly, sometimes mm, um, um, uh, maybe dangerous, but in a certain way uh, not very specific. Uh, it becomes a completely difficult meaning with the act, with the attack, with the mass murder, which uh, um, was at the end of this um, production of uh, nearly a thousand pages. Um, and um, uh, the commentaries about this strange unity between deed and text, um, the commentaries uh, always went into completely different directions. <clears throat> uh, one commentary in one direction is uh, seeing um, uh, a certain cold and even evil rationality 
planning a crime, mm-hmm. um, looking for weapons, um, um, marking the date, um, and finally a certain uh, rational consequence from uneasy uh, situation of living to uh, an assault which ended by suicide. So, uh, a completely rational consequence, uh, um, which is not very uh, comfortable uh, and has a lot of impact of uh, yeah, uh, the evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the other direction is completely inverse. Uh, it begins with uh, um, uh, a crime, it begins with an action, it begins with a warlike action, uh, for which one cannot really find motives. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was not uh, jealousy, there was not um, uh, uh, whatever you need to have a a clearly defined uh, uh, motive. And for this direction, uh, the texts were uh, more the uh, um, evidence of a completely disturbed um, um, mind uh, of irrationality, of something uh, which uh, uh, has no root in, if you want, common sense. On the one hand, uh, the deed is explained logically by the text. On the other hand, uh, the irrationality of the deed is explained by insane and even um, uh, uncontrolled production of texts. So, mm. so the difficulty is sort of keeping these two yeah. uh, modes together at the same time. Yeah, yeah. In, in, in a in a certain way, and um, uh, and uh, if you um, approach uh, with a little bit, um, um, uh, I wouldn't say respect. Uh, I would say distance. This means that these texts uh, should not be read in the first act. Um, to give us some evidence about the disturbed mind. Mm? Mm. So uh, uh, if we uh, um, um, be, uh, or if you, we would be um, cautious to enter the hermeneutics of a subject there, yeah? Yeah. Uh, then you can see, uh, make a lot of observations concerning these texts. Uh, yeah. For example, that first point, um, which I already mentioned, there is a highly um, uh, a high level of diagnostic observations. Uh, the situation in school, the situation in Colorado, in Denver, um, the toxic um, uh, milieu of the middle class, uh, um, uh, rules and norms at school, uh, um, idiotic uh, um, TV shows, uh, etc. Um, and uh, uh, once and again, uh, uh, it is... Um, uh, the topic of an unbearable life, in a certain way, unbearable life, first point. Um, Second point, um, these texts uh, have a wide range of historical allusions. This means um, um, the Yuna Bomber, uh, uh, the riots in Los Angeles, uh, uh, Vietnam War, uh, and uh, the catastrophes of Napalm, but also Second World War, the Nazis, etc. And then you see that this uh, uh, um, a real uh, search for historical resonances. And even the date 
of uh, the assault, uh, the uh, April the 20th. Carefully chosen. Yeah. It was carefully chosen, the, uh, the birthday of Hitler. Yeah. Uh, so they are looking um, for um, historical references which should have a resonance in the act ex itself. Yeah. And third interesting observation, perhaps interesting observation, is uh, the role that um, names and languages uh, play in this uh, in these um, uh, notes. Uh, there are references to Hobbes, there are references to Nietzsche, so they don't really understand it, but nevertheless, there are some slogans by Hobbes and Nietzsche uh, in there. And there is uh, once and again uh, um, um, citations in German. I love the German and the brute stuff, for yeah. example, and uh, kein Mitleid für die Mehrheit, uh, uh, etc. So that my impression was that there, uh, the German has a special role in these um, uh, notes, um, like, uh, by the way, German uh, bands, uh, like Rammstein, or um, especially kein Mitleid für die Mehrheit. Um, and uh, I had the impression that uh, the German was a sort of original, original lang language of history. Mm -hmm. All the disasters, all crimes, mass murders, genocides, etc., are encoded in German. And the fascination is that the uh, uh, material base of history is murder, is cruelty, is uh, uh, genocide, is violence uh, in a large sense. And they're in a sense inscribing themselves yeah. in, into that history. You know, and uh, they are uh, inscribing uh, uh, themselves, in, uh, if you want, in the original text of history. Right, yeah, okay. Um, now, not only uh, do the attacks themselves um, have uh, immediate consequences, of course, but, but it also has you know, long-term consequences for what um, society then does, what measures society takes. Mm. And, and you've spoken um, about what you call the, the phobogenetic mm. form of, of, of power that, that emerges in order to deal with uh, these kinds of attacks. Mm. Um, could, could you tell what do you mean by mm. phobogenesis? Mm. What is the phobogenetic form mm. of power that, that comes out of, of, uh, of uh, Amok? Mm. So uh, um, I, I think the, uh, uh, the starting point is uh, that um, uh, the history of crimes and the history of crime control, mm -hmm. um, the history of um, uh, transgression and the history of norms cannot be separated uh, from each other. So you have conjunctures of crime. Think about uh, uh, um, uh, lust crime in the Weimar Republic, for example. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, a certain ki uh, kind of serial killer, which was uh, very uh, uh, important and very significant for the post-First uh, World War uh, situation in Weimar Republic. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so uh, there is a historicity of crime linked to the historicity of legal and normative frames in a yeah. certain way. And um, uh, I, uh, my thesis was that um, the last turn of modernization of our societies uh, is the turn or the switch or the transformation to uh, what I would call preemptive um, um, uh, societies or security societies. Society. That means societies who uh, first um, are not so much interested in the, I would say, human factors of guilt and innocence, uh, uh, of uh, insanity and responsibility, but uh, of dangerousness. Right. Mm -hmm. So the dangerous individual uh, might be 
foolish, may it be rational, uh, may it be uh, responsible for its deeds, or may it be irresponsible, the dangerousness became uh, one of the most interesting and one of the most um, prominent criteria. Right. So, so it's it's pure potentiality now. It's uh, potentiality, yeah. but, and, but for first, uh, so the first, uh, and this already began in the nineteenth century, uh, with the so-called social school in uh, legal studies. Uh, this means uh, who is really an, a danger for society. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the dangerousness is the criterion. Yeah. And second, uh, you are completely right. Uh, second, uh, uh, the second uh, impact is um, think about minority report. Um, yeah. uh, so you have to advance the crime. Yeah. You have to install alarm mechanism in society, not uh, to recognize what happens, but uh, to um, 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 see or to divine what could happen. Uh, and mostly uh, the problem is not uh, to see uh, um, the shape of danger, but the problem is to see inexplicit danger, danger which is not yet manifest. Right. And I think in a lot of uh, our Western societies, they are on different levels, uh, legal levels, uh, police uh, strategy levels, there are different levels of interventions now who are uh, purely um, um, uh, addressed to uh, dangerous potential yeah. or potential of dangers. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, I guess you find it in, in, in Chicago in, in, in policing, yeah. um, where it, it is very much a sort of uh, preemptive way where people are judged by all sorts of background information, uh, but without having committed any exactly. actual crime. Yeah. Uh, so it's, uh, it's profiling, it's yeah. a certain type yeah. of profiling. Uh, that means that you have a set of data and you uh, uh, wait to the moment that this set, set of data can find a sort of uh, landing uh, track uh, of an individual. Yeah, mm. yeah. So the consequence of this then is uh, to go back to, to, to the term the, the, the phobogenetic form of power yeah. is to create a kind of um, uh, anxiety and, 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 and fear mm. uh, that emerges um, out of this, this new form of uh, sort of potential policing. Um, could you say yeah. a bit about yeah. what, is, what is the role of fear? Yeah. I, I wouldn't say that fear in this respect is a sort of feeling or affect or whatever. No. Uh, this is um, 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 a systemic element or a systemic um, factor in this preemptive uh, systems, in this preemptive uh, societies. Uh -huh. uh, because on the one hand, uh, uh, fear is always linked to a certain alarmism. Um, on the other hand, fear doesn't uh, uh, have to be explained. Uh, you cannot really... Uh, um, 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 uh, you cannot really dispute the fear of the people. If someone says, I'm anxious, I have fear, you cannot take it away. So it's a self-legitimating uh, legitimating, right. uh, strategy. And, um, and this is very interesting that fear itself cannot be explained but you can explain certain political or strategic intervention by fear. By fear yeah. Yeah. And yeah. this is the paradox, uh, interventional paradox of this uh, um, societies of fear or societies of security, in which the fear on the one hand and the fulfilling of security desires on the other hand can escalate right. uh, um, um, uh, or can, can promote each, each other. Each other right? mm. is, is there a, a way out of this vicious circle of of, of ever-increasing fear and ever-increasing security measures. In the moment, I don't, don't see it. In the moment, I see really that uh, um, uh, 
Uh, also, uh, with the background of an age of terror, which was uh, the last step or the last uh, um, um, uh, last um, uh, energetic uh, move in this direction, um, I do not see that there uh, is an opposition. Um, uh, I'll give you an example. We have in uh, Bavaria, in, in Germany, we have these new laws where someone can be fixed and put into custody um, only by um, uh, not... Uh, 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 an expected um, uh, deed, but an unexpected deed. Oh, yeah? Right. Uh, yeah, this is very interesting. Yeah. There must not be a, a danger uh, uh, that could be expected, but a danger that um, uh, is not yet imminent. And the result is that now in uh, Bavarian prisons, a lot of simply migrants are assembled because they didn't have um, identity card, they didn't have etc. Mm. Minor cases, but these can be fixed in custody uh, uh, without um, uh, limit. Right. And there is, and, and perhaps this is some hope, now there is a, a, a huge movement against it uh, to look for legal restraints. Right. Because this, and, and this is important, these measures um, uh, of the security uh, societies are not legal measures, because uh, law can only uh, intervene when something has happened. It is police law. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, under uh, uh, the rule of the law, it's uh, um, the um, police agency which is responsible to um, manage these situations. So, so perhaps there's a, a glimmer of hope in the sort of rising opposition to an otherwise uh, problematic situation. Um, well, thank you so much, uh, Josef, for, uh, for your time and for uh, explaining uh, not just the phenomenon of, of Amok, but also some of the um, revelations that come out of this 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 figure um, and and the societies that that we currently mm -hmm. inhabit. Um, so thank you so yeah. much.